of that said, I welcome you to worship at Seattle Mennonite Church. It is good to be together in this way. Not as good as being together in person, although this allows us to welcome many others that we wouldn't be able to welcome in person, and so we're so grateful to be gathered. Uh, it is the third Sunday of the Easter season and the eighth Sunday of Zoom season. Uh, we continue to celebrate Jesus risen and the power of the Holy Spirit that connects us even across the distance, and so we are so grateful for that. The church, the Holy Spirit connects us both across uh, distance as we see each other's faces and hear each other's voices and across time. Uh, we are connected by the Holy Spirit to the first worshipers, the first, uh, first people of the church, the first followers of Christ. And we're, we're continuing with the book of Acts today with some of those first followers of Jesus. Regardless of where we are across our city, across our state, even across our country, we gather on the lands of first peoples of this nation. Here in Seattle, that means we're gathered on Duwamish land, people still alive and active and thriving in the city as much as any of us can, meeting when they can at the Longhouse on the Duwamish River. And you can learn more about the Duwamish tribe, at, both at duwamishtribe.org and at realrent.com. We're going to begin our worship with singing a song that I think might be familiar, although it's been a long time since we've sung it together, and that is Come and See. Um, if you, We're not going to share the words, we're not going to share from your hymnals uh, because it's pretty repetitive, but the words are come and see, come and see, I am the way and the truth, said he, follow me, follow me, come as a child, oh come and see, and then Kyrie eleison and Christe eleison. So I'm going to sing for, through... Uh, it's just two short verses. I'm going to sing through the first verse and the second verse and then come back to the first verse. And you are invited to sing with me from where you are. Come and see, come and see. I am the way and the truth, said he. Follow me, follow me. Come as a child, oh, come and see. Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie eleison, Christe, Christe, Christe eleison. Come and see, come and see, I am the way and the truth, said he. Follow me, follow me. Come as a child, oh, come and see. And now I invite you into the call to worship with me. Your response will be, Alleluia, come Holy Spirit. And, and Pastor Megan will speak those words. Jesus said, you will receive power and the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Hallelujah, come Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you will be my witnesses even to the ends of the earth. Alleluia. Come, Holy Spirit. May we worship our creator through the power of the risen Jesus, knowing that the spirit draws us together. Alleluia. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. May it be so. We light our peace candle each week to acknowledge that we both witness to and participate in a God's vision of a just peace for all of creation. And this week, while much of our attention is focused elsewhere, 
many of us are, are preoccupied, and rightly so, with illness and worry and anxiety around coronavirus. People uh, south of our border are still continuing to seek asylum, continuing to seek, seek refuge, and many are continuing to die en route. For these people who seek safety and refuge, for people crossing dangerous deserts because they're being pushed away from, uh, from official places of entry, we give, we give thanks for their lives, we pray for their safety, and we give thanks for members of Christian Peacemaker Team this morning who dedicate themselves to remembering those who are doing those dangerous journeys and who are honoring those who die as they try to cross the border. And together we pray. We long for peace, we pray for peace, and we choose to live for peace. Peace be with you and also with you. We're going to continue with the singing and this time Adam is going to lead us. Megan might have to find him and unmute him. I just unmuted myself if my mic is working. Great, so um, for the for the very uh, small but mighty subset that has a copy of Sing the Journey at Home, the green book, this is uh, number 17. And um, hallelujah, and I think a lot of people know this. Uh, I think some people are missing uh, singing with parts, so I'm going to attempt to sing uh, each part in succession so that you have a chance to harmonize with a part maybe you don't get to sing with at home all the time. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but I'll start and end with the melody, of course. So. Halle, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
That was fantastic. Such a joyful noise in here in my office. It was so awesome. And I see some other waving hands. And that is, uh, that is a good segue into my time with and for children. Because what I want to talk about with children and with all of you is the ways that we praise and give thanks with our bodies. Um, we're going to hear a story from Doug and John in just a little while about a man who was sick, or he wasn't sick. He had not been able to use his legs for most of his life. And then at one point, he met two disciples of Jesus who, uh, who, who saw him and who saw that he could not use his legs, and they gave him a gift of being able to walk, to be able to use his legs again or to not again, to be able to use his legs for the first time. And I'm sharing my screen with you. This is a picture of one artist's uh, uh, understanding of what this man might have looked like after he, after he was able to use his legs. The, the story says that when he was able to stand up, he leaped and jumped and praised God. And I, I can see the joy on this man's face and I can see the people behind him also being happy and experiencing that joy. And, uh, and I can see that and it's exciting. And I wondered what ways do we use our bodies to express joy with our bodies and give thanks for what our bodies can do. Now this is a heads up now parents, because I'm going to be asking kids to show me your best moves. If you have great moves that you can do with your body, I want to see what those moves are. So in the story, the man, he jumps and leaps and praises God. And so in a minute, I'm going to invite you to jump or leap or praise God. Now, okay, hold on a second. Now, what it looks like when I jump, it's not very coordinated, but I can jump up. And praise God. You know what I've, another move that I can do? I can kick. I can wave my arms. I can wiggle my body and dance. I can turn around. And I know that there are kids in this congregation who have great moves. Now some of us can't dance. So in a minute I'm going to ask you to show me your moves. Some of us can't use our legs. But if you can't use your legs, if you can't stand up now for whatever reason, maybe you can Wiggle your body all around. I see Pastor Megan doing it. Maybe you can wave your hands. Maybe you can use your voice to praise God to say, hallelujah. Or maybe you can just like, just like sing in happiness. We're so happy. Or maybe if you can't sing or use your voice in that way, maybe you just even want to whisper. And you can notice what your voice and what your face looks like when you're so happy that you just are so joyful that you want to praise God. So now is your chance. I'll give, I'll give kids the first chance, the first opportunity. If you want to unmute your screen and show us your best moves, I would love to see what your moves are. But 
Adults, if no kids hop on this joyful noise train, this joyful dancing train, I invite adults to unmute. But kids get the first, first shot. So are there any kids out there who want to show us your moves? I, I can see Idri. I don't know if, you're, you, if you meant to show us Idri, but I can see Idri wiggling and dancing. Parents can help kids unmute themselves if you want to show us. I just unmuted Idri so that she can do a little move. Yeah, she, she wanted to jump up and down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she looks just so joyful. <laughs> Are there any other kids who have moves? If not, adults, do any of you want to get on this camera with your best moves? your jumps, your kicks, your wiggles, your praise gods, your hallelujahs. Bravo. Ooh, look at how big kids are now. Thank you. We saw Ella, so we saw Ella, uh, Eleanor and Oliver do some very good moves in costumes, which was fabulous. And I see Jennifer. Jennifer, do you have a move? Hi, sorry, I was hiding. <laughs> a grown child is also excellent. <laughs> Pause for joy. That's right, especially this one. Okay, well, does, we, we'll have time for one more joyful move. Do we have any more joyful jumps and leaps? I have a joyful move. <laughs> Yay for coffee. We all, okay, those of us who are coffee drinkers, we absolutely take joy in drinking coffee. But if you have juice or tea or even water, which is what I have in my cup, thanks be to God. Uh, so now we get to hear the story of the man who was able to jump and leap and praise God. And we're going to listen to Doug and John tell that story. So the scripture today is basically a repeat of what you've just heard from Amy. Um, it's from Acts 3, the first 10 verses. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer at three o'clock in the afternoon. And a man was being carried in who from birth had not had use of his legs. People would lay him daily at the gate of the temple called the beautiful gate, so that he could ask for alms from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for alms. Peter looked intently at him, as did John, and said, look at us. He fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Then he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Jumping up, he stood and began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God and they recognized him as the one who used to sit and ask for alms 
at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God within us, for the word of God among us. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, not to Peter and John for that scripture reading, but to Doug and John for telling us the story of Peter and John. <laughs> um, I want to start my reflection this morning by just acknowledging what I think is probably obvious, um, but bears repeating. Uh, and that is that healing stories, specifically physical healing stories, where physical healing comes in the form of curing some kind of physical uh, disability or um, something like that. These are tricky. These are tricky stories um, for a lot of reasons. One of them being that healing in our lives um, may, but may not have anything to do with physical curing. Um, healing is much more multifaceted and big than that in our lives. And because these healing stories and the theologies and practices that have grown up around them have been very damaging to a lot of people in the church and in other faith communities um, where physical curing has been equated with having had enough faith or having prayed the right thing or having prayed enough or having prayed in the right way. Um, uh, but we know, one of the things that I know that I feel like I can say with confidence about God is that the way God interacts with us in our lives and the way that God's spirit allows for healing in our lives is not transactional in that way. It's not like a, uh, you do this thing in this right way and then God gives you this thing in this particular way. Um, it's not that transactional. Um, I have a couple of college friends who married and have a couple of kids and I've been watching them on Instagram. One of the things that they are doing with all their quarantine time and energy is um, constructing uh, cookie dispensers um, out of lots of different materials in their homes, including like the most recent one was made out of Legos. So there are these like structures where you push a thing and then there's a little they, they've engineered these little machines in their home to then dispense a cookie. It's very cool and impressive. Um, and that is not how prayer works with God uh, related to healing. It's not as though you push a thing and out like a cookie comes your physical curing. So these stories, they're, they're tricky to navigate. Um, but I do think that uh, even if we read this story, which looks a little bit like a transactional, you say the right thing and then you get physical cured, physically cured. Um, even if we read this story more closely, I think that it subverts that narrative of transactional relationship with God. So we're going to dive into it. And I think that our, our first clue in the story that we don't have the sort of typical transactional nature to this healing um, is with the gaze. Uh, you may have heard when Doug and John read this story that the first thing that happens when Peter and John encounter this man who is lying by the beautiful gate at the temple is they look at him. 
In fact, the text tells us that they looked at him intently. And then the next thing that happens is they ask the man to look at them, to return their gaze. And then the next thing that we hear in the story is that the man fixed his attention on them. So three times in a row, in three um, uh, really kind of dramatic ways, we have highlighted this gaze. And I think part of why this gaze is highlighted is because it, that's, that gaze and holding the gaze subverted the norm. There are, there are these scripts that we follow. And I can identify this because it's the same uh, in this time and this place that when you encounter somebody on the street who's flying a sign, who's looking for cash or looking for something, um, there's, there's sort of these, <clears throat> excuse me, scripts that we all follow. And I think uh, our typical script does not include sharing a gaze. It doesn't include making eye contact, typically. And sometimes we subvert that script, that transactional way of relating to one another, but it's unusual. Um, and so uh, they subvert the norms for this kind of interaction, um, which they, and they all, they eventually subvert all of those norms. I think that when they share that gaze, when they look at him and they look at him intently and they invite the man to return the gaze and they share a mutual gaze and looking at one another, it's at that point that they can see a possibility for transformation that goes beyond just giving the silver or gold that, that this man is asking for, for his daily sustenance. Which is not to say that that transactional relationship, the asking for money, the giving of money, the getting of daily sustenance, there's nothing wrong necessarily with that. Um, people in emergency situations and in dire straits uh, need daily sustenance. And sometimes that requires the transfer of financial resources in order to acquire daily sustenance. So it's not to say that's not important, but I don't think it's the, uh, the, it's not the only thing for sure. And I don't even think it's the most important thing. I think the most important thing we could probably all agree would be to create structures where no one lacks the ability to provide their own daily sustenance, where everybody has access to the resources and the power um, and the privileges that they need in order to meet their own daily sustenance needs and that of their family and loved ones. Um, so it's the structural change that's most needed. <clears throat> and I think it's most important then, of course, for those of us who have access to many resources. And in this, our story today, it's Peter and John. It's most especially important for them and for us to see this, to see that there is possibility of transformation beyond just the typical asking for money and giving money. Um, I listened again this week to a podcast that has become my favorite um, lectionary podcast. I think Amy was the first one to tell me about it. They just started doing it in the last year. It's a narrative lectionary podcast. And it's a, um, I've probably mentioned it before, it's a Christian man and a Jewish woman, uh, both PhDs in biblical studies, both leaders in their respective religious communities. I, they went to seminary together, so had a friendship, and they read the text together. And it's just so, delightful. It reminds me of being in seminary. It's just delightful to hear a Christian and a Jew 
engage the text with one another and ask really good questions of one another. Um, and depending on where they are in the Bible, one of them is encountering the other's primary scripture. So anyway, it's just really lovely. Um, uh, but the woman this week, the Jewish woman, oh, and there's my cat, Rogue has joined us. Um, just turn it so you can see her. So if you don't like what I'm saying, you can at least enjoy the view. Uh, so, um, the Jewish woman this past week, um, talked about two Jewish concepts that sometimes get, um, conflated in ways that are not helpful. One of them is probably her tikkun olam. Um, so there's lots of ways and I'm not going to do it justice because it's a, it's a rich concept with a lot of literature around it. Um, but shorthand, it's similar to shalom. It's similar to that just peace for all creation. It's wholeness and well-being um, for all of creation. It's, it's, the, it's the restoration and healing of all structures as well. And then tzedakah is another Hebrew word that means charity. So that's, that's the giving, the asking for money, the giving of money for daily sustenance. That tzedakah is, is like a charitable act. And she talks about how those things sometimes get conflated. We think when we're doing tzedakah, which is good, there's nothing bad or wrong with it, that that is tikkun olam, and it is not. They are not the same thing. Um, and so they helped me to look at this story with new eyes and to see that the, the primary rupture here, the rupture, the, the most profound brokenness is the rupture between the humans, is the not sharing a gaze, not being able to see each other wholly and fully. Um, and that rupture needs to be healed. And then when you think about that, when you think about the rupture between humans as the thing that needs to be healed, then it's not as though healing flows in one direction, that Peter and John say a thing, so the man gets healed. But the healing is, is needed in the rupture, and so everybody is in need of healing, including Peter and John are also in need of healing. They're need, they're, they are in need of healing from that rupture um, within humanity. Um, the other folks that need healing are the people in the temple, the people around them, the people who witness this man walk and leap and praise God. They all need that deeper healing of uh, the rupture in humanity. And then... When that, when that is ruptured, when, that, or when the rupture is healed, when they see one another, when they have that human connection, when they begin to see the possibility of transformation beyond the transactional money exchange for daily sustenance, when they see all of that, there is joy. There's joy in the healing that has come to everyone, and that joy cannot be contained. Um, so thank you, Amy, and for those who showed us their moves to um, give us that sense of the joy. This is one of those scriptures that I cannot hear without also hearing the song. I, I can't read the words without singing them because of this little childhood ditty that some of you also may have grown up with. Um, do you know this one? The silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He went walking and leaping and praising God, walking and leaping and praising God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So you're welcome. Um, and 
I can't read the walking and leaping and praising God without moving my body because I hear it sung. The walking and leaping and praising God, walking and leaping and praising God. It's a joy in that moment of healing that cannot be contained. And it was a healing that everyone, everyone needed. Um, if only they, uh, you know, at, at the bare minimum, folks around who needed to see that expression of uncontained joy um, at the healing when, when humans shared gaze and shared humanity, shared relationship beyond the typical transactional nature of those kinds of exchanges. I'm going to offer one final note before I close for today. Um, and that one final note inspired by um, the celebration of the 50th year anniversary of Earth Day this past week. Um, and also, um, thanks to the biblical scholar, the, the Jewish woman biblical scholar this week, reminding me of Tikkun Olam. So in honor of both Earth Day and Tikkun Olam, I want to remind us that even when we light our peace candle each week, and we do that, um, we long for peace, we pray for peace, for a just peace for all creation is what we talk about a just peace for all creation. So beyond just the healing of the rupture in human relationships and the restoration of seeing each other in full humanity, Takun Olam and Shalom talk about healing the rupture beyond just the human community, but with all of creation. This is not simply about human community. So there's something from this story that's translatable um, in learning about how to care for creation. And that is as we subvert the norms of our transactional relating to the earth. Because boy, we have a lot of those norms relating transactionally with creation. Um, we give a thing, we expect a thing. We extract, we extract, we extract. Um, so if we can move beyond subverting those norms of transactional relationship between us and the earth, Perhaps there's something to learn translatable, something translatable to learn about holding the gaze. What would it mean to hold the gaze of the earth? To invite the earth to look at us and then to intently turn our gaze toward the earth. And then to begin to see the possibility of transformation that's bigger and deeper than any of us could have initially imagined. May it be so. May we have that sort of healing in our relationship with creation and then if and when we do then the joy in the healing of that relationship will surely not be containable and even we even we mostly subdued uh, good mannered folks even we may find ourselves walking and leaping and praising god walking and leaping and praising god as we find healing with one another and with the earth. May it be so. Ah, we pray for healing for ourselves and this world and all creation. Thanks be to God. 
So we turn to our time of prayer. I'd invite any of you to write your prayers into the chat box and I will be able to pray that out loud during this time. We also wanna have a moment of silence during this time of prayer just to hold all of creation, all of this, all of, all of our community in God's hands. Let us pray together. God who dwells in the balance of our terror and our awe. We come expecting what is knowable, tangible, and are met with an empty uncertainty. We trust you to send your spirit to inhabit the space before us and between us, so that as we raise our prayers in faith, they will be met by the love of a risen Christ. We hold our earth on this anniversary of Earth Day, which was the 22nd. We give thanks for the rest that the earth has experienced with the de decrease of travel and fossil fuel use. And we pray with longing that we may increase our commitment to care for the earth and wild nature. We hold in our prayers the Lee Murray family, as they gather, they gathered for a graveside for her mother, Phyllis, on Friday. Bless these next sacred days of being together as daughter and father and sister, and give her safe travels back on Wednesday. We pray with Julie Van Pelt, and her family in the revealing of cancer diagnosis in her dad, Jake. May he receive comfort from his pain and find wholeness and peace. And for Julie's mom, Marilyn, and their whole family as they seek to support each other. We offer prayers for THARS, the Trauma Healing and Recovery Group in Burundi and all of the people of Burundi who are struggling with COVID-19 under a weak government and healthcare system. We pray for the people as they suffer great losses due to rain and mudslides and are approaching a presidential election May 20th, which always promises potential violence. We hold in the light the many people who have been sickened by COVID-19, as well as the many families and friends who have lost loved ones in this strange season. We remember their lives and their vitality and are grieved by the suddenness of their leaving. We pray for the safe recovery of Rick Reynolds 
an important leader and advocate at Operation Night Watch. For the many workers who are carrying the load of this crisis as we enter a life-threatening environment every day. For those of us who are panic working or compassion fatigued, free us from our numbness and need to have control. For parents emotionally carrying the weight of working from home as well as monitoring our children's learning with little breaks for sanity. For children whose routines have changed dramatic, drastically and are missing friendships, bring peace to the lonely and isolated. May this time be a time for recalibrating and finding new understanding of our vulnerabilities and need for each other, the need to gaze into each other's eyes. Let us repair what is broken, the rupture of humanity, subvert the norms and hold the gaze of the earth. Let us hold all of this in our silence now. We pray for healing. We pray for transformation and a just peace for all creation. From Pete and Pat Lagerway, we pray for their brother David, who works as an LPN at a senior center in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We also pray for residents there and are grateful that there is no COVID at this point. Mm. We're grateful for our cats that are particularly good at holding a gaze. We pray with Via and the Merrill family the suicidal teen daughter of a dear friend. With Jennifer Delante, prayers of gratitude for her sister, Patrice, who has fully recovered from COVID-19. With Roxanne, we pray for the healing from MS that Roxanne would be able to walk and leap. With Annalena and Mark, we are grateful for Mark finishing his chemotherapy and a negative follow-up CT scan. With Susan and Carl, that Carl's firm can return to work 
on the projects cut short by this pandemic. Prayers for safety. We pray with Caitlin and Zach for Caitlin's step-grandfather, Sam, who was admitted to hospital last night for abdominal pain of unknown origin. He's scared to be in the hospital alone as his partner isn't allowed to be with him. With John Hiskus and family, we pray for his aunt, Sue, who is recovering from cancer and chemo. May the spirit of God who goes before, who follows at our back, who breathes within each of our bodies and who dwells in the body of our great church, be our comfort and our companion. In the name of the risen Christ Jesus, we pray. And all God's people together say, Amen. Amen and Amen. So we can't give into an offering basket. We bless the work of our offerings. We are grateful for the gifts that each of you give by means of collecting our offering digitally. And we're grateful that we have that technology. We have noted, uh, Lee noted for us that in the past weeks, uh, offering in that way has gone way up. And we're so thankful for that, that you've been following that donate button, <clears throat> that donate link on our website. And I will note that if you would like to do that without incurring fees for us or for yourself, and would like to make a recurring donation to our congregation, you can do so either through your bank or by talking with Lee about um, automatic withdrawals for your bank account. I know many of you, many of you do that already. For all of these gifts and for the work that they do in, in making our community stronger, we give thanks to God for those. We're gonna close our worship today with an old gem. Most of you will know um, at least the first verse all the way through. Many of you will know more. I invite you to sing together the four verses that are printed in, on your screens. There's, um, I'm going to be, for people who want to sing parts and have a hymnal, this is number 143, 143 in the hymnal, and I'm going to play the chords on the guitar that correspond to the harmonies in the hymnal so I don't throw anybody off and um, just as a as a warm-up um, I want to sing one verse to you that is not in the hymnal but is part of um, Newton's original poetry that um, has been meaningful to me lately so Secure. 
And will my shield and portion be as long as life endures? With me now. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that together. Thank you, Adam. Receive this benediction before we move into a time of fellowship. Trusting that the Spirit draws us together, may we go in the power of the risen Christ to love and serve our Creator and all of creation and all God's people together say, Amen. Thank you.